Welcome to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. Greg, it still feels like so weird doing a podcast again. We, we took a little time off and, and it was like the weirdest thing ever. Now we're back. So it's it's very exciting to, to be back with you. <laughs> I, I, it does. It does feel weird, but I am so excited because we, I get to talk to you and guests every single week. It's, uh, it's something I look forward to. So I can't wait to have this. Uh, well, this the episode. whole guest thing, bringing on guests, it's like networking, right? <laughs> see how i tied that in oh my god that was the most amazing tie-in that ever <laughs> hey, before we bring on our yeah. guest russ i do have to ask you this okay. question because i've never asked you this before i mean we've worked together for you know over a decade now and for the first time you met me how long do you think it took for us to really connect to really connect as wow. people um let me think back here. Now, the first couple of years, we didn't work really close together, right? We just saw each other maybe once a month. So I don't know. I would right. say it took it took a lot of time. It took time. What do you think was the moment or what helped us connect? Burritos? Well, <laughs> Going to lunch, just well, hanging out. I, I, and I really, can't believe I even asked that question because it yeah, is it is. It is. But it, it was talking about and getting to know about like just you and not not the business you the 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 family side of you right understanding who your wife is who your kids are what they're doing learning about those experiences i learned and i i felt like that's that's when we started to uh, connect more well it sounds like you understand my wife and kids better than i do <laughs> <laughs> well you probably understand mine better than i do <laughs> i think that's just how it works right well, that, that's how it works. well luckily we have somebody that is going to help us and figure out how it works because today we are uh joined by steve spiro and steve is uh international speaker consultant he's the host at, at linkedin live the master connector show and Rush, you know, we've had some people with fantastic titles in the past. Steve's title, Master Connector. Oh, Steve, how are you man. doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Greg and Russ. Good, good to be on the show with you guys. Man, that uh, is thanks a... for being on with us. I, I, I got I to gotta find out, what's the origin of Master Connector? How would you come up with that? I mean, it's a great question. I mean, so, you know, I've got, you know, I've got a crazy story, crazy background. I won't get into it unless you want to know, but... Uh, you know, from starting a first company out of advertising, you know, out of college in advertising, all the way through to technology, consulting, double black belt, karate studio, there's a lot of stuff going on in my background. And even what I'm currently doing, there's so many different hats I wear, so many different things. And when you do a lot of networking like I've done over the years, people, you know, they want to put you in a cute little box. You know, he's an attorney, you know, when they ask you what you do, he's an attorney, she's a CPA, he's a plumber, and I don't fit in that cute box. And when people would ask me what I do, and I would tell them, I'd hear back, huh, I don't get it. I'm like, just call me the master connector. And that name just sort of stuck. <laughs> so that's kind of how it all came to came about. I mean, I've got 17,000 contacts in my phone, 15,000 LinkedIn connections. And to me, it's all about connecting. So it just, it just sort of made sense for me. <laughs> I like that. I, 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 I got to come up with a cool title for myself. I'm going to work on that. That's going to be like an ongoing theme for the show here to see if I can come up with something. <laughs> so that's a lot of connections sitting in there uh, in your phone and in LinkedIn. Now, are all these people, would you, would you say, okay, yes, you're connected to them, but are you connected as like Greg and I were talking about? Yeah, I mean, so of course the answer is no, right? Um, but I will say this, I use, I, I, love, I love LinkedIn. That's my my social media platform of choice. 
And LinkedIn has almost become a CRM for me mm. where I'm able to stay in touch with people. And, you know, my policy with LinkedIn is, is when you connect with me, you're going to get a message from me saying, let's jump on a call or a Zoom call. Nice. Now, it's on you if you say no, right. but it's, it's right. my impetus to, 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 to start with that. I also will, will hit the button, you know, congrats on your job promotion, congrats on your job change, your new position, you know, that work anniversary. I hit that button and they, they respond back many times. And when they do, guess what? Hey, we haven't gotten a call yet. Let's, let's get on a call or, hey, uh, let's nice. catch up. It's been a while since we caught up last. And I am looking to facilitate and, and, and create relationships. So plus I'm putting out content regularly. So yeah, people should know who I am and I'd love to know who they are. Again, not everybody wants to, which baffles me, right? What, right. why would you bother having someone on social media if you don't want to talk to them? Like to me, it's like silly, it's baffling, but, uh, you know, I think it's, a little more prevalent with the 20 somethings. They like the behind behind a screen, so to speak. You well, know? I feel like some people, they're just sitting there in social media and it's like you get these friend requests or these friend suggestions, not friend requests, sorry. You get these like, right. you know, automated things from robots and they just sit there and yep, 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 yep. Let me check everybody just because they think it's, it's quantity. But it seems like uh, you're more quality because you're actually reaching out to these people and wanting to talk to them a little bit. I think there's, there's, there's quality in both, right? There's quality in quantity and also there's quality as well, because in, let's be honest, I have a background in the advertising industry, as I said, and if you have a chance to broadcast a message to a hundred thousand people versus 20, what would you want? Right? You want a lot of people, right? So broader reach is always better. You know, you, the, the cliche, your network is in direct proportion to your net worth, right? So, so having a large, quantity is good. But if you're not bothering to connect with them, really connect authentically, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So if you're just going to build a network and not engage, yeah, I think it's waste. It's a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I do also, I know there's people that say, well, if I, you know, how can I keep track or keep up with everybody in my network? You know, if it's so large, well, I think LinkedIn does a great job of it. And if you, if you just utilize the tools it has, it, it, it makes it real easy for you. And by the way, once I do connect with somebody, they often make it on my phone. They make it to that growing 17,000 contacts on my phone. And I, I will put a calendar reminder for myself to reach out to a person on a regular basis. So it's not just a, you know, one and done, right? I want to continue to see how I can collaborate with people for sure. And I think it's really cool the way you do it because, you know, just my own experience in, in working with you and meeting you, I, uh, it was very clear the first types of contacts that we had, it was, you, you positioned it in a way like, Hey, let's just get to know each other. Let, it's not about selling each other. It's not about pitching anything. It's just like, well, let's just get to know each other and, you know, I, I you know I want to know about you, Greg, and and I want to share with you who I am and what and what my likes are, what my hobbies are, and stuff like that. It was very clear from the very beginning that was your intent, not to try to. There was no agenda. Just just get to know me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, I think it's it's super important in general, not just in networking, but in general to go out there and not have an agenda, not be looking to just pitch people, not be looking to you know, try to get something from somebody. 
uh, I think in general, that's the, the best way to operate is, is really self-left and to be others focused. I do a, I do a lot of uh, talking and speaking. Uh, I'm, I'm working on, I appreciate the, uh, the intro with the international speaker working on that. Um, <laughs> but uh, certainly speaker for sure. And um, I've done a lot of talks on connecting authentically and being others focused. I like on my LinkedIn profile. I, you know, there's a great book that I read a few times called The Go-Giver by the author Bob Berg. And I actually asked his permission. I said, would you mind if I actually put in my title on my profile, Go-Giver? And he said, no, no problem. He said, thank you for asking. Most people don't actually ask that question. But uh, yeah, I like to be a go-giver. I like to give. I like to see how I can add value and, and find out about people. And, and yeah, and, and, and that's to me the best way to operate in general is to serve, is to be others focused. And because you know what, when you give, eventually you get right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's this scripture about that. There's all sorts of, you know, uh, success principles around that, you know, it's, it's all, it's a universal law for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's like, when I think of people just, okay, completely not business relationships, right. Just random people I've met over the years. It's the people that I've asked more questions to, right? The people that I've like learned more about them that I feel yeah. I have a deeper connection with. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, they've, they've eventually they'll learn about me or whatever. I, at some point, um, because I was a, I was a huge Johnny Carson fan. Right. And yeah, <laughs> like he's the master. Right. And, and the thing was, sure. his thing was always, let's make the guest look great. Let's not make myself look great. Right. And what that did was it made him look great. Like people remember him because yeah. not because of the stories he told or the thing, you know, but it was the questions he asked and the way that he made everybody else just get set up and, and made them better. And at one point I just realized it's like, that is what I need to do in life as much as possible is make other people look good. And when you can do that, like it, it just, it, it does make yourself look better and it makes yourself feel better too. And, and you get all these deeper connections with people. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, it's funny you say that because I was uh, I love to go. Well, before the pandemic, I was going and doing a lot of networking, which, by the way, was for a shy, introverted kid from the Bronx. That was way I, it's always been out of my comfort zone. So very, very, very much pushed myself to do it. Mm -hmm. But I like to do it with when again, when we're back to being able to do that kind of stuff, I like to do it with a networking buddy. So I had a good friend of mine who I've known younger guy in his 20s, good guy in the financial services industry. And we went and we went to this event. It was actually they had speakers, and then afterwards there was some mingling and networking. And so he and I went up to the to one of the speakers, and we wanted to meet them. And and of course the the, the speaker said to to my friend, "What do you do?" And about four and a half minutes later, he finally stopped. And I said to myself, and he said, "How about you? What do you do?" I said, "I'm I'm in I'm in consulting. You know, let's let's exchange cards." And, and I I wasn't about to give him a four and a half minute pitch. But, but I, later I, I kind of took an opportunity to mentor him a little bit and say, hey, I said, hey, you know, this is what I would suggest. I would suggest, you know, maybe a, a 20 second at best about what you do and then turn it on to them. What, what do they do and what do you do? And, and, and really turn the focus, what I've learned in good people skills, reading books like How to Win Friends and Influence People and, and Skill with People by Les Giblings and a bunch of books of that nature which by the way, I had the personality of a brick wall. So that, that's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a, a growth curve for me over the years, but learning to, to really be generally interested in other people and, and getting them to talk about themselves 
And because yeah. we've learned that what's people's best topic, most favorite topic is themselves. What's their most favorite word in the whole wide world? Their name, right? And, and just getting them talking. And it's funny, you know, I think it was how to win friends. You know, the, the, the person said later after somebody left, he said that he probably said three words. The person he spoke to spent all the, did all the speaking. And the comment later to somebody that he knew a mutual acquaintance was, that guy was the most amazing conversationalist, even though he said hardly anything. He was a fascinating guy. He said three words, but yet the guy, <laughs> you follow me? So yeah, you get people yeah. talking and, and they love you. And not to mention, you get to learn about them. And that's pretty awesome. I got to figure out what those three words are because I, I might have to use them. <laughs> <laughs> and you always hear, I love you, right? Those are the three words, right? It'll get people's attention and it has a lot of emotion. And, yeah, I, I, you know, Russ said something earlier, like it, it makes you feel better to help others and to connect and understand, you know, who they are. You know, we need to jump into a break real quick, but when we come back, I, I want to dive into more of that and, and really understanding others better and, and some techniques on doing that. So let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's dive into that. And we're back. We are talking to Steve Spiro, master connector, and we're really excited to kind of understand what the techniques are in kind of getting people to open up. And Russ, in, in a previous episode, he asked me this question, or or maybe he asked it to our guests, but he made the comment like, you know, Greg has the ability to really. Um, develop relationships with a lot of our vendors and he asked me the question like how do you go about doing that <laughs> and, and I, I was kind of surprised by the question it was kind of in the moment and I, I gave an answer and since that show I thought more and more about it because I had to deal with a lot more vendors <laughs> deep, deep and, you know <laughs> yeah and I, I thought about that Russ and I'm like you know I really do spend a lot of time getting to know the vendors and and then you know it's kind of Part of my DNA because I enjoy it. It does make me feel better. It does, I think, strengthen the connection I have with them. I ask a lot of questions, but I think the key thing is, is I do want to get to know them as a person more than as a business person. As okay, let let's hear more about whatever products or services you're offering and understanding that or about your company. It's more about their families and what makes them happy. What do they enjoy? What what are they struggling with in their personal life or in their business life? And can I help them? Can I give them a supporting shoulder to cry on or, or just an ear to listen to? And I think those are the things that really advanced our relationships where we feel a lot more closer. And in, in, in essence, it advanced our business relationships as well too, but that wasn't necessarily the intent. And I'm just curious, you know, Steve, how do you feel about that? I, I think it's I think it's great at what you're saying. I mean, you know, I'll I'll give a couple of you asked about some th some techniques. Um, so I'll, I'll give you two scenarios. Um, you know, I live in the Northeast. I live in in Connecticut. Uh, most of my life was in New York. You know, jaded New Yorker kind of. You know, you know, you're, we're taught in New York don't speak to, don't don't talk to strangers. You know, they might kidnap you as a kid, and <laughs> I don't know how that kind of you know that, that translated. I guess when you were an adult, I guess they still could kidnap you. I guess I don't know. Um, but uh, you talk to, to you talk to somebody in, in, in New York, you, you're afraid they're going to shoot you. And 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 a good friend of mine mentioned to me said, "Hey, get out of your comfort zone. Talk to people." In fact, he he challenged me 
to make three new friends every day out living my life, right? Mm. Whether it be at the deli, uh, you know, New York deli uh, or, or the supermarket, a gas pump, ga- pump a gas, talk to people and get and get exchange contact information. Imagine that in the New York mm. area where they want to shoot you, right? <laughs> so I learned how to break the ice, right? I have my formula. This is my formula, right? Uh, on how to engage conversation. And it's amazing how, and by the way, when you, when you do talk to New Yorkers, once you penetrate that, break that barrier, uh, break space, if you will, they're really nice and they're really open-minded. They're not necessarily closed off and skeptical and, and all like weathered and all that. They're not, but, but that's a perception about that. So, so I break the ice and whatever that could be, it could be, Hey, nice car, or it could be, Hey, uh, man, you know, if it's a long line at a supermarket, what are they giving away free food here or something to break the ice just to start a conversation? And, you know, people are much like a Doberman Pinscher or a or a golden retriever or a, or a dog. You know, you know, right away, if the dog is going to growl, you want to bite your hand off or they want to they want to <laughs> you know, pet, you know be petted and they're going to lick your hand and all that stuff. People like that. Right. So mm-hmm. you kind of break the ice, you get a reaction. And then once we get into that reaction, there's, there's usually some small talk around that, that, that question, right? Are you, you know, I, you know, uh, you know, do you come here a lot or whatever? And, and then, you know, I, I like to start with, especially if I'm out and about, are you from here? Right. Mm-hmm. You from yeah. around here. Mm-hmm. And that question could lead to a lot of questions right from there. Did you grow up around here? You know, uh, you know, do, you know, do you do you rent, do you own, uh, whatever? It can be a lot of questions around that. You know, did you go to school around here? And and, and by the way, that school question kind of leads to the professional question, right? And you know, uh, you know, what do you do? What kind of, you know? And by the way, it's funny because people say, "Well, that's a no-no. You don't want to talk about what do you do." But I didn't ask them what they do for work. I said, "What do you do?" Now it's up to them to, if they want to tell me what they do for work. It could be their, you know, I have a friend of mine. He's very wealthy. And when people ask him what he does, you know, he hasn't had to work for years. He's like, well, I love to ski. I, I travel. I, you know, and that's what he does. Right. So, so what do you do? You know, so where are you from? What do you do? And, and by the way, after, and by the, from that, what do you do? You could dig into three or four or five layers of that. And by the time it's done, there's probably a three to five minute conversation. I've made a little mini friendship. Yeah. And so I just typically say this, I say, Hey man, we should stay in touch. And again, if, if you could tell from body language, if they were, they were open to this conversation, if they're trying to get away, then I'm letting it go. But usually they're open to the conversation. There's, there's clues and we should stay in touch. And, you know, um, and I usually almost without fail, you know, exchange information, you know? And so that is a way to kind of break the barriers and, and get to start to develop a relationship. And I'm going to follow it up with a phone call or, or a Zoom call. Nice. When we did a Zoom call like like you and I did, Greg, right? So we were we had a call and I know we blocked out 30 minutes. I like to the second piece of this is I like to start by saying something like, Hey, it's great to connect. And as I mentioned on you know my messaging to you, uh, you know, it's good to have somebody a connection on social media. But if you don't know much about the person other than what's written in their profile, what good is it? I'd love to hear your story, your journey, you know, not just what you do, although I'll hear that, but the born and raised, the whole nine. I'll give you my journey and story and we can go from there. And to me, when you start there, I'm setting the tone because the instinct with most people when they do anything is they want to start with what they do and they want to start, well, how, you know, who, who, do, who do you want to meet? What's a good referral for you? And I, if they start there, I'm like, I, I'm real nice about it. I'm like, 
can we can we just reset a little bit? Can we go a different direction? I'd love to hear before we get to that your story and just bring it right back to that again. So that's what I do, and and when I get them talking about themselves, that's when barriers come down. I like to be vulnerable. I like to talk about how I'm, I've been picked on, bullied, learning disabled, dyslexic. I have no issue saying that because I feel like when I lead with my weakness and become vulnerable, people's barriers come down too. Mm-hmm. And not always, but it, it really helps. And then you start to, the, the children within us kind of come out a little bit to play, if you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. Um, you know, the, the thing, I always have problems answering the question of what do you do? Because then I feel like I'm, I'm talking about work again, right? Like, and, and that is something, you know, I'm at a cocktail party. I kind of want to get away from. I've started to answer that question differently lately. I'll say something like, eh, you know, I, I work during the day, but I'm a podcaster. Love it. And like talking about podcasting is so much more fun to me because then it, it, it just, it highlights something else that's more interesting to me um, to talk about. So I, I always try to shift the conversation to something that's of interest to me about myself, if I can. And then generally what that does too, is it kind of opens up them to talk about something interesting and not just talk about work or talk about, you know, something, the the, the same conversation they had with somebody else two minutes ago. I always, I'm always trying to think about that too. Yeah. I I could just jump chime in on that as far as the, so when somebody asks me what I do, this is what I say. Um, I say, well, I sort of, I, I give them a little short version of my story. This is when I'm meeting somebody at a cocktail party or, or at a gas pump. Okay. Well, I started, I started my first company out of college in advertising, did that for a lot of years, transitioned into technology, then consulting. I have uh, do some speaking engagements. I had a karate student for a couple of years, for quite a few years. I do a lot of things. How about yourself? What about you? See, what I like about that, it was a wide overview and there was so much in there. Like, I, I want to ask you about the karate. <laughs> you know, like, I want to talk about it. that. I mean, see, that's like the, the, the areas where I, th- I think what, what you just did is, is beautiful because that gives me so many different ways to go. And I think that's the other thing here is, is making the other person feel comfortable enough to talk to you. Like that, that's a huge thing too. If what you just did was you gave me four or five different things that I could go to. And I can grasp onto any one of those. And, you know, the karate might be the specific interest or whatever, you know, yeah, so it, it makes it really neat, I think, to, to do and, something and like that. And one of the other things is you never know who you're talking to, an extrovert or an introvert. Right, right. Right. And if you're dealing with an introvert and at least you give them some stuff where they can go, it helps them along in the conversation as well. Sure. Because if you're talking to an extrovert, you know, conversation could be pretty darn easy. But if you're talking to an introvert, then sometimes they're they're not used to or they don't feel comfortable with having conversations or opening up or feeling vulnerable and stuff like that. So if you give them kind of a widespread of conversational topics to talk about, it helps them move the conversation along. Absolutely, yeah. And by the way, you know, uh, you know, Steve, I, I'm sorry, Russ. You could you could do you could say something like uh, you know I. I you know, I, I saved the world one person at a time. It could, it could be, you know, you could find something you you enjoy about what you do. Hopefully there is something, right? I'm sure there is, right? And you could right. find something that you really enjoy about yeah. it and and make it, you know, like I, here's a story I heard, right? There, a guy walked, he, he, there was a construction going on. This might be years back. We're talking maybe like, you know, 14th century or whatever. And he walked by one guy and they were, they were building this 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 huge structure. And he walked by one guy and he said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm laying bricks down. 
walked by another guy and he said, you know, what are you doing? And he said, um, I am putting up a wall. Walked by another guy and he said, I'm building a, the, the, the most famous cathedral in the world. Mm. And they were yeah. all doing exactly the same thing. Right. But what's your vision? Like, what, what are you doing? Right. You know, are you a bricklayer or are you a, or you're, or you're a cathedral, a cathedral maker, right. you know? Right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, um, that gets into not just introductions with folks. It's, it gets into like enjoying just everyday life, right? Like looking at the bigger picture of things and looking at how like, oh, well, I'm not just putting a brick down. I am actually building this famous cathedral. Like right. that makes your, your whole world <laughs> a lot better and, and, and happier. Um, you know, I'm going to say that we've got to take a short break here because um, what we're doing here is putting content between spots uh, to make money. No, <laughs> that's, not what we're doing. that's not what we're doing. We're having good conversation. That's what we're doing. And we'll continue that good conversation when we come back. We'll take a short break here. And thanks for listening to DIY for Business, a part of the Best Business Network on Electricast podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are having a great conversation today. Uh, we, we both knew that this was going to be a fantastic conversation because we are <laughs> with somebody that just really, y- you do this for a living, Steve. Uh, Steve Spiro. Um, okay. You said earlier that you were a shy, introverted kid from the Bronx that made it up to a fourth degree black belt is what I find out here. So <laughs> that's, that's overcoming some obstacles. Yes. Well, shy, introverted, picked on, bullied, learning, disabled, dyslexic. Not that, not that, not to kind of, uh, you know, double or triple up. Right. Yeah, yeah. You had to overcome a few things there. Overcome a few things. And so it's funny because, uh, you know, early on when I was, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years old, I got, I got bullied and, and then my parents thought they were doing me a favor and they brought me to judo class and it was probably two or three months and I'm grateful they did it because they planted a seed, but it only made things worse when I got back to the neighborhood now people, the kids were like, okay, let's see what you got. You know, so mm, it made it work. Yeah. But, you got but yeah, I mean, I'm 5'7", barely, um, you know, not super talented as far as, you know, my body frame, uh, short legs, short limbs, you know. So, so yeah, and, and the guys that I, I went to class with were, 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 were big guys, you know, and it just, it was an interesting time, but it, but it was a, an amazing kind of metaphor to life and how you just break through barriers and you just, blow through obstacles. And, and, um, and so the martial arts experience was, was amazing. I, when I first joined, you know, they put you online where, you know, the, the, the lowest ranking guy would be on the far right. And then the highest ranking black belt would be on the left. And we would train with a mix of all different levels. And when I left finally and backed away from it, you know, I had joined three months after I joined a guy named John went up for his first, first on first degree black belt which blew my mind about, this is amazing. And he, um, uh, he had been training for about, oh, probably 15 years before he went up for that black belt. And so he, uh, seeing him go for black belt was amazing. And so when I backed away, I had almost caught up to him. I passed every single person in the dojo by rank, except for him. He was a fifth degree when I backed away and I was a fourth degree. And the reason that happened was nothing, I, this is a great lesson I learned. It wasn't about me being so talented. I just stuck with it. I had grit. 
I never know how to quit something. I got my nose busted really bad by learning I should not duck into my six foot five, 300 pound sensei's <laughs> knee as he coming around with a roundhouse kick. You don't duck into that. Uh, I learned how to close distance quickly and not get <laughs> so much stitches on my face and my eyes, eyebrows and eyelids and all this crazy stuff, lips split open. I learned a lot, but I, I learned how to overcome those challenges and work through them and not quit, not give up, not, not kind of just, you know, uh, you know, reevaluate. Right. And, and that was a great lesson. You know, the learning disability. Right. I learned how to be a creative thinker and a creative problem solver. I learned how to kind of get around those challenges. And the advantage there now is I learned that, you know, my brain, it has to take complex ideas. I have to figure out a way to simplify it to, to, to be able to digest it in my brain. And that quality I was able to I've been able to utilize in communicating when I'm talking about what I could, what could be complex ideas, for example, LinkedIn. LinkedIn can be very overwhelming for people, but I train on LinkedIn and I've been able to simplify it into four simple, easy steps when I do that training on LinkedIn. So, so just those challenges, I believe I was able to turn those challenges into great assets for me in my life and great lessons that I could, I could not only use to leverage for myself, but hopefully people around me. And that's a great topic I like to speak about when I do my speaking on overcoming obstacles as well. All right, Steve, I'm going to hit you with a philosophical question. And a, um, I, don't know, I just want to see where you take this because I want to understand and I want our listeners to understand, why do you want to be a master connector? What motivates you to be a master connector? And for our listeners that, you know, most of them are, are business owners or managers or something like that, right? They're, they want to, they listen to our show to help them in their business world. How are they going to take this show and the things that they're learning and help them at their business by being better at connecting? So I would not say I want to be a master connector, but I, I'd say that it's important for all of us to find our personal brand and whatever that happens to be, and what is our asset? What, what do we want to be? And I think it's important on LinkedIn, on social media, to have identity and, and a brand that's authentic, that's you, right? So I looked at, okay, what are some of the things that I feel that have, I've grown to become good at? Well, 17,000 contacts, 15,000 LinkedIn connections, you know, you know those, that's an asset, and I can use that, bring to the table when I'm talking to a C-level executive or I'm talking to you know, whoever I could say, Hey, maybe I could bring value by somebody in my network. I could, I can introduce you to somebody. Right. So having that, those connections are a big, a big asset, but learning how to connect with people authentically is, is extremely important too, not just through words and communicating through a phone call or a zoom call or on, you know, face to face, like we talked about at a supermarket or at a, at a pump at a gas pump, but, also just through messaging, right? And, and how do you connect where people really can feel you? So th those things I felt were very, very important about who I am or who I wanted to be. My, and, and so I just decided that because it's hard to define and put me in a little box, I'm going to just call myself a master connector. And that's how it came. <laughs> I didn't overthink it too much, yeah. but right. And yeah. people seem to respond, you know? Right. And for our listeners, what would you say to them? I would say definitely be, being a better connector. I don't like the word networker. I think networking kind of has a connotation to 
to like prostitution and solicitation. You know, it's like, uh, so I don't like that word. And I think the younger generation, they get squeamish about networking, but connecting for sure. But really getting good at connecting and grow your network and grow, you know, grow your skills on how to authentically connect, right? You know, when you're on Zoom, make sure you're learning how to really read people and, and, and get to know them and all those kinds of things. So so my, my, and I believe that anyone can also, I say it all the time on my show, you too can be a master connector. I, I, don't, I don't hold the, the, the exclusive title here, anyone. I've come across a few people that have master connector on their title too, it's fine. I'm, I don't feel like, oh man, I, I own that title. No, anyone can be. Just, just <laughs> do the things that make you a master connector, that's all. Like anyone can be a black belt. If you do the work, get your nose split open, you know, all the things that happen with me, right? Yeah. You'll be a black belt too, probably, right? So <laughs> no big deal. Well, you know, and that's the other thing. You, you, you said kind of, you know, like what you aspire to be and creating your personal brand. Um, when creating your personal brand, on social media, how much of that should be aspirational versus what you actually are? I think it should be pretty accurate to who you are today. I think, um, you know, to a degree, um, I think Master Connector is a little lofty, but I think for the average Joe, they feel that it's, it's um, I am a Master Connector, right? So mm -hmm. it's a little aspirational. I mean, I come across people that have 250,000 followers on LinkedIn. To them, I'm a little pimple on the butt of an elephant, right? In terms of, you know, in terms of that, right? Uh, but, but, you know, for the, for the average person, yeah. So I think it's okay to be a little, to stretch yourself a little bit, but it should be within the realm of who you really are, right? Right. Not, not, not stretching. And you can't say like, again, you know, I appreciate, uh, Greg, you said, you know, international speaker. I needed to correct that. I appreciate that. That, and I'm not going to say international speaker on my profile because that's not true yet, right? Well, it I am an inspiration. It is true. Yeah, now we're, we're huge in Germany. There you go. You got I'm it. <laughs> but, but I have inspirational speaker because that is true, right? I have right. done inspiration and I'm a speaker, right? So, um, you, know, you know, have I been on, you know, 10,000 hours worth of, of shows, you know, speaking engagements? No. So... You know, at, at some point you got to say, okay, I've done enough to say I could say that about me now, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's the thing too. It's like you could actually, hey, put, put together your LinkedIn profile for today and put together what you want your LinkedIn profile to be a year from now, right? Make those notes, figure out what it is. I mean, you know, two years ago, um, I had not done a podcast, right? I, I, I was not doing this. <laughs> and I worked in radio. I did all that stuff, but okay, that's broadcast. It's not podcast. I could not say that I was a podcaster. I could not say that I was a content creator, but at this point, you know, I'm, I don't know, five or 600 episodes of podcasts you know, under my belt and, you know, 300 or so YouTube videos, like all these different things that I've, I've created. I can actually say I'm there now. And I think it all started with me saying, okay, what do I want my LinkedIn profile to be? in two years, in three years, in four years, you know? And, and I think that's a, a good way, if you're looking at it aspirationally, uh, set that goal. Don't put it out there yet, but set that goal to get there and figure out little steps to get there over the years. At least that's, that. it, it worked well for me so far. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't quite got there to, to the five-year uh, yet though, but uh, we'll, we'll get there Well, now eventually. I understand <laughs> because a year ago, I wrote down, I want to be Steve's friend. 
And sure enough, <laughs> today I, I can say that uh, it, I can maybe put it on my title, Steve's friend. Exactly. So, you know, I, you know, I want to throw it back to you and, and just, you know, you have a fantastic show on LinkedIn Live, the Master Connector show. Tell everybody how they can learn about the four easy steps and, and all the other ways that they can connect with you. Absolutely. So we're going to relaunch our, we, we had, we did 51 episodes. We had a, some amazing guests over the last 51 episodes. Dr. Dre was on our show and the, the author of the, the, the Go-Giver, Bob, Bob Berg, co-author. Um, and it, it, we've been blessed to have a lot of people on the show, but we decided that we're going to go from a multiple panelist type of format for an hour to a half hour. We went from we, we started out with Friday, went to Monday, realized Monday's probably tough for social, for social media and for people. So we're shifting over to Wednesdays. So Wednesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on, starting on March 2nd, we're going to relaunch the show. So if you go to the Master Connector page, business page, or find me on LinkedIn, you could find that event page. You can sign up to make sure you don't miss it or forget about it. Make sure you connect with me on LinkedIn, Steve Spiro, Master Connector. You're going to see me. Um, to, to make it super simple, you could just go to stevespiro.com, uh, for, if you wanted to hire me as a speaker, you can go to spiro-global.com and, and you'll see, uh, my recent, um, uh, sizzle reel, my, my, uh, highlight reel. It's pretty cool. I, I'm very thankful to, uh, Mr. Donville Collins who, who did that for me and I, of, uh, a VCast, uh, company. So great stuff. Uh, I really, really, uh, appreciate that. But. But yeah, I, I'd love to connect with your audience. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be covering on that March 2nd show on leveling up your LinkedIn. So if you want to know how to take nice. it to the next level, that show will be on leveling up your LinkedIn. And, and those four, we're going to cover those four simple steps to leveling up your LinkedIn. Uh, but if you want, certainly, uh, you know, have me in. I'm, I'm, I love doing lunch and learns. I love doing workshops. I love speaking on it. If you want to have me in, you know, anyone, any of your viewers want to, or listeners want to have me uh, come in. I'm happy to, to do something for them as well. Awesome. Well, you know, my five-year plan actually is to uh, be connected to Dr. Dre. So this is all going to work out for me. Uh, I'm, one, nice. I'm one step away. <laughs> Steve, I'm a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, is it? Yeah, really? Yeah. Just, oh, that's just, awesome. Uh, just got inducted. That's awesome. Yeah. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. That was a pleasure. Really appreciate both of you guys having me on. Thanks a lot, Steve. Great talking to you again. And thank you for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, a part of the Best Business Network and Electrocast Media. The subjects that we cover on the podcast are selected with the goal of helping your business grow. All of the information provided is opinion-based, and you may want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business situation. Greg and I want your company to succeed, and we're happy to take your questions. Uh, we would also love to hear your suggestions for future episodes. If there's an area where you need solid business advice or help, let us know. We might be able to build an entire episode around it. And hey, Steve might know somebody that can help you out as well. Big, big connections there. Uh, you can reach out to us by sending us a direct message on Twitter or visiting our website, DIYforbusinesspodcast.com. Both of those links are in the podcast description. We also love to talk to business owners. If you would like to join us on a show, please do reach out to us as well. We thank you for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, where you are not alone. 
Did you ever wonder what your life would be like if you let go of your inhibitions? If you freed yourself of all the shame you felt for anything you ever did that somebody else told you was wrong? If so, maybe your mind is bodacious. I'm Yvette Lopez, a former Playboy model with a wild past. Join me and my guests from the worlds of celebrity, professional sports, and professional sex on the Bodacious Minds podcast. And always, be smart, be sexy, own it. Electric Acid. Hey, I'm Ashley D, a media entrepreneur, mother of three, and a woman of God. Through my podcast, Spiritually Restored, I discuss various topics about life, love, purpose, and healing, while bringing messages through the Word of God, prophetic dreams, and testimonies from myself and my guest hosts. Catch a new faith-filled message every Wednesday on the Voices of Faith podcast network through Electrocast. See you there. Electrocast.